Enemy to those who make him an enemy. Friend to those who have no friend. That's right, it's Everybody's Friend, the Comic Web Old Time Radio Podcast, where each week we feature an episode from the golden years of radio. We also offer two other podcasts. We have a Superman Old Time Radio Program podcast and a video podcast of the old movie serials. Just go to our website for information on how to download them or type the word Comic Web into iTunes and they'll pop up. We sell all of the old-time radio programs featured in our podcast as well as comic books and more. Check us out at comicweb.com. You'll get some of my brief commentary after the show. This week we have an episode of Frontier Gentlemen called Aces and Eights. In a card game, aces and eights are known throughout the West as a dead man's hand. There's a good reason for it. And this is the story of how the hand got its name. Frontier Gentlemen. an Englishman's account of life and death in the West. As a reporter for the London Times, he writes his colorful and unusual stories. But as a man with a gun, he lives and becomes a part of the violent years in the new territories. In just one minute, we'll bring you this latest report from the Frontier Gentlemen. This is James Matthews with official results on the automobile competition the whole industry watches every year. The famous mobile gas economy run. This year's run, 1,883 miles from Los Angeles to Galveston, Texas, ranging from sea level through mountain passes. And once again, Chrysler Corporation cars took the lion's share of firsts. Plymouth, Chrysler, and Imperial again this year for the second straight year, winning first place over all other cars in their class in the famous economy run. Imperial, by the way, was sweepstakes winner too, getting 62.7188 ton miles per gallon. The forward look is a lot more than look. You get a better engine, brownier brakes, torsion air ride at no extra cost, and winning performance and economy in cars of the forward look from Chrysler Corporation. Take a drive this week in a car of the forward look. Plymouth, Dodge, DeSoto, Chrysler, or the triumphant Imperial. Drive one of America's performance winners from Chrysler Corporation. Starring John Daner. This is the story of J.B. Kendall, Frontier Gentleman. I left Fort Benton, Montana Territory, in a little river steamer called the Pride of the West. The journey downstream on the Missouri was a good deal faster than that which I had made coming up from St. Louis just a few months earlier. I decided to write some articles for the London Times on river travel in the American West. But the balmy weather, coupled with a feeling of complete indolence, made me put off all thought of work. Several days passed, and then we docked at Fort Pierre in Dakota Territory. I went ashore to purchase a new pair of boots. And it was in the store of an outfitter named Judd Scott that I first heard the name of Deadwood. Well, the left one might be a bit tight. Yes, right here in the heel. Oh, she'll ease up, mister. Of course, I don't do much trade in ready-mades. If you had more time, I'd make you a real fine pair. Fine in Dakota Territory. Here, let me take it off. 
Try to work it out. So you're a newspaper correspondent, huh? Well, we've had them come through, but none from England. Must be pretty interesting, your line of work. Yes, it is. Quite. Yeah, too bad you ain't staying around these parts. Your folks back home would get a pleasure out of reading about things we got around here. You mean in Fort Pierre? Well, ain't too much going on here. I guess you could write about Jack McCall, though. Uh, try it. Oh, no, it should All right. be better. Now, Jack McCall, huh? He used to drive a stage between here and Deadwood. Got some tall yarns to spin about Indians and the like. Uh, go ahead. Take a walk now. Yes, I'd like to meet him. He's uh, back in Deadwood now. Is that, that better? Yes, fine. Where is Deadwood? You mean you ain't heard of it? Worst bunch of cutthroats and outlaws living in all the territories and the United States is in Deadwood. They even got Wild Bill Hickok out there. I hear tell there's folks wanting to put him up for marshal. Hickok? Yes, I've heard of him. Yeah, it won't take Wild Bill long to clean up, I can tell you. Mm. Deadwood, huh? Oh, uh, you taking the boots? I'm taking them. I sold the remainder of my ticket to a man booking passage for St. Louis. And the next day took the stage from Fort Pierre to Deadwood in the Black Hills of Dakota Territory. At the stagecoach station in Deadwood, I inquired after Jack McCall and was directed to Carl Mann's saloon. Even though it was Sunday, I was surprised to see that the place was practically empty. A hatchet-faced woman, dressed in black, was drinking alone at the bar. And I found McCall, a broken-nosed, sullen-looking man, sitting at a table playing a game of solitaire. Yeah, that's me. Who's asking to know? J.B. Kendall. What's your business, J.B. Kendall? Well, a gentleman in Fort Pierre mentioned your name. He runs the general store... Judd Scott? Uh, yes, that's right. How come you want to talk with me? Well, as a matter of fact, I'm a newspaper correspondent, and I thought there might be a story to write about Deadwood, and your friend suggested that I get in touch with you. What kind of story are you thinking about? I understand that Wild Bill Hickok is in town. Do you know him? Mm -hmm. Why don't you ask her? Hmm? Over at the bar. Calamity Jane. Figures she knows him better than most. Oh, well, thank you, I will. Uh, perhaps I can buy you a drink after? Yeah, suit yourself. I ain't going nowhere. Um. <clears throat> Miss, uh, Miss Jane? You talking to me? My name's Calamity. Ain't no miss in it. Calamity Jane. I'm sorry. I'm J.B. Kendall. The gentleman over there mentioned that you were a good friend of Wild Bill Hickok. Who? Why, that ain't no gentleman. That's a stinking pig by the name of Jack McCall. You've been sitting with him. Don't foul up the air around me. Hit the trail, mister. Yes, well, I was hoping you could introduce me to Mr. Hickok. Hey, you English? Yes. Thought so. Knew an English fella down in Abilene. Wouldn't quit riding herd on me. Had to shoot him. Oh. New in town, ain't you? Just arrived. 
You ain't friend of McCall? Oh, I only met him a few minutes ago. What brings you? Well, I'm a writer, newspaper articles for the London Times. Hey, I guess you heard about me and Wild Bill, huh? Oh, yes. Fastest man with a gun you'll ever see. I ain't too bad myself, but I ain't nothing to Wild Bill. Come on over to the table, ring the bottle, and I'll tell you about me and Wild Bill. Calamity Jane was a strange, almost masculine-looking woman, Jahard, and rough-voiced. She told me of her exploits as a scout with General Crook's army in the war against the Sioux, but most of the time she spoke of Hickok. About a half an hour had passed when I noticed Jack McCall get up from his table and come toward us. Yes, sir, what Wild Bill done in Abilene, there ain't another man good to handle. Why, he... I thought you was going to buy me a drink. Oh, uh, not, not just now, Mr. McCall. I'm talking to the lady. Well, I see it's mostly listening. Ain't nobody gets to talk much around her. McCall, you want me to put your eyeballs out with this bottle? You open that barn door of yours just once more. Come on down to Boot Hill Saloon when you're through. I'll tell you the truth about that female polecat there in a windy train. <laughs> One of these days, me or Wild Bill's gonna pump that coyote full of lead. Except he ain't worth wasting a ball on. And all I know about him is that he used to drive the stage between here and Fort Pierre. Yeah, lost that job because he couldn't hold liquor. Used to be a buffalo hunter till the feller he worked for caught him stealing hides. He ain't no good, that one, and his pals is worse. You ever run into Tim Brady or Johnny Varnes, you watch your step, mister. Them's two of the boys, along with McCall's Wild Bill, is going to run out of this town when he gets to be marshal. Where is Wild Bill now? He's up in the hills working on his claim. Him and his partner, Colorado Charlie. They ought to be back by tomorrow. He'd like to meet you, mister. Wild Bill always had a liking for you newspaper sellers. Well, what's your hurry? Sit down. We'll split another bottle. <laughs> Thank you, but now I think I'd better get settled. Wash some of this Dakota dust off. <laughs> <laughs> what a dude. <laughs> All right, go on up the hotel. Tell him Calamity Jane sent you, and if they don't give you the best room, I'll shoot up the place. <laughs> The recommendation was most effective. I got the best room in the hotel. Two hours later, in spite of Calamity Jane's warning, I wandered down to the Boot Hill Saloon. I was curious about McCall and what he might have to say about Calamity and Wild Bill Hickok. I found him there, very drunk. He was talking to a heavy set man who was chewing on an unlit cigar. McCall greeted me as an old friend. Hey, hey what do you say, Tamil? You had enough of that female wind by then. Hey, Tim. Tim, this is the fellow I was talking about. Uh, uh, Kendall's his name. Kendall. Yeah. Uh, uh, How are you? Tim Brady. I owe Mr. McCall a drink. I came down to little my Oh, that's real fine of you, Kendall. Oh, Tim Kendall's come to Deadwood to write a story about Wild Bill Hickok, the new marshal of Deadwood. <laughs> you go get yourself, get yourself a drink, McCall. Sure, Tim. Uh, 
Take a chair, Kendall. I, uh, I wouldn't pay no heed to what McCall says. Not when he gets too much whiskey in him. Did he say something? About Hickok being marshal. Oh. Uh, oh, well, it's not particularly the news. I heard that in Fort Pierre five days ago. Well, don't you believe it? Huh? Fellas around here, they don't want his kind. <laughs> You go writing in your paper a thing like that, you're going to have to turn right around and write that it ain't true. He's not going to get the job? No. I tell you, he does a lot of ear greasing, like that crowbait mare, Calamity Jane. But all them things you hear is just a lot of brag. Hickok never plugged a man less than the feller's back was turned. I was down to Abilene when he dragged Gulch Bill Cole. This is the worst thing you ever seen. Shot him in the back. Then by mistake, he goes and kills his own pal, Mike Williams. <laughs> no, sir. Deadwood ain't going to put up a man like that for Marshall. Do you think so? Oh, I don't know. I, I suppose it depends on how many want it. Oh, well, there's a lot of them miners up the hill. They're the ones. Figure he's a real big man. Heard all them crazy stories about it. You want to know what I think? I'd be very interested. I don't think he'd last two minutes as Marshal before somebody shot the daylights out of him. Yes, your best thing for Hickok to do is get out of that. Wouldn't stay out. You see him, you tell him that. The next night, Calamity Jane introduced me to Wild Bill Hickok. He looked older, more tired than I'd imagined him. As we sat in his room, I noticed that he blinked his eyes, rubbed them, and seemed quite nervous. Constantly glanced toward the door. Calamity had gone out to buy some food. Me and Colorado Charlie had a rough week up in the hills. Feels kind of good to get back. Uh, you ever done any mining, Ken? No, no. Well, have you ever had the idea to get somebody else to do the work for you? Well, what do you think of Deadwood? Oh, I haven't been here very long. Ain't much like London, I bet. No. No, it isn't. Well, do a little cleaning up like I did in Hayes City and Abilene. We'll write nice little town. When do you expect to begin as marshal? Any day now, the boys are getting things moving. I saw a man yesterday, Tim Brady. Brady? And he asked me to give you a message. Huh? The best thing for Hickok to do is to get out of Deadwood and stay out. Well, that's what he said, huh? Yes. You know why? They're afraid of me. They know what's going to happen after I get sworn in. I run them out, and if they don't run, we have a showdown. Brady and his pal Varnes ain't got stomach for that. I gather they're the somewhat unsavory element in Deadwood, is that so? <laughs> Mister, you ain't just milking pigeons. Why, them miners up in the hills would be dead ducks for Brady and his gang of them for me. This is the worst mining camp in the territory. Ain't been no law here since it started, and Brady don't want none. That's how come the miners want me for marshal. Protection. Well, I'm surprised he hasn't tried to get rid of you before this. Yeah, that Jayhawker knows what had happened to him in a shoot-up. He'd likely to try nothing. A fellow like that gets somebody else to do his dirty work. Oh, it's only me, Bill. Put away the gun. I told you, Charlie, you ought to knock. Uh, keep forgetting. This is J.B. Kendall. He's going to write a story about me for an English paper. Yeah, I run into Calamity down to Carl's place, and she told me. Nice to meet you, Kendall. And you, sir. My old pal, Charlie Utter. Colorado Charlie's good enough. 
Kendall's been talking to Brady. Oh, that's so? Rest your saddle, Bill. You make me tired standing. Brady said I ought to get out of town. Oh, he'd like that fine. Yeah, he'd like that. Well, I guess I'll go and wash up before Calamity gets back. You staying around, Charlie? Yeah, I thought maybe we'd go down to Carl's later and play some cards. All right. I'll be right back. Sure. on his mind, as Wild Bill. He ain't usually like this. You seem to have trouble with his eyes. Oh, you noticed, huh? I wouldn't want you to say nothing in front of Bill, but he's been scared he's going blind. Yeah, things sure don't seem like the old days. Oh, I gotta get these boots off. My feet's killing me. Wild Bill? Mm-hmm. Let me see. Uh, 39. Of course, to hear him talk, you'd think he's closer to 60. I sure do fret over him sometimes. Always talking about dying, this and that. Ain't like the old days. He sure was a rip snorter. Oh, well, uh, maybe when he gets to be Marshal again, everything will be like it always was. Calamity Dame came in with the food. And behind her, Bill Hickok. It was a strange supper. Both Colorado Charlie and Calamity kept up a stream of conversation, anecdotes singing the praise of Hickok's past accomplishments, but the the atmosphere was strained. The man with the long hair didn't say very much. Afterwards, Charlie Utter invited me to accompany them to the saloon. I noticed that Hickok was reluctant. Possibly he had a feeling, a... Warning of what was to come. It was eight o'clock when we arrived at Carl Mann's saloon and sat down at the card table. Charlie, change seats with me. I ain't sitting with my back to the door. Wild Bill, you're getting worse than an old woman. Well, maybe so, but that's the way it is. I like to see what's coming in. Well, here. Yeah, take my place if you like. Yeah, no, sir. All he wants is a catbird seat. That's how come he's always winning. Now, uh, you ain't moving, Bill. <laughs> you got the right idea, Charlie. Well, Bill, you got your seat, and that's the way it's going to be. Carl, bring us a bottle of whiskey and a deck of cards. Marshal Hickok's going to be the big loser tonight. After a few minutes, we were joined by a miner, and the five of us played. It was a friendly game, and we could see Hickok beginning to relax. He was a good player, and held more than his share of winning hands. But while the game went on, there was something happening down the street in the Boot Hill Saloon. We didn't know it then, but after it was too late, we heard what had taken place. Three men sat in the back room, one of them drinking heavily. This was Jack McCall. The other two were Tim Brady and Johnny Varnes, the leaders of the Tufts in Deadwood. Well, I'm telling you, Jack, you'll be a big man. Well, they'll look at you when you walk down the street. They'll say, there goes Jack McCall. He killed Wild Bill Hickok. Uh, you hear what Johnny says? Yeah, I hear. Uh, give me another drink, Jack. <laughs> sure. Oh. 
He's in Carl's place right now. You could get him easy. Oh, might not be so easy. Well, you ain't afraid, are you, Jack? No, I ain't afraid. No. No. No, I ain't afraid, but it just, it just won't be so easy. Of course, we could get somebody else to do it. We just figured, Tim and me, we figured you was the man well, for the look, job. I ain't saying I won't you do it. You know what we could I... do, Johnny? What? We could maybe get that newspaper fella, you know, Kendall, to write something about Jack in his paper. Hmm? How'd you like to see that, boy? In the English paper, Jack McCall shoots down Wild Bill Hickok. Yeah, you could go on the stage all over with that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> right down the street, Jack. Yeah, I seen yeah. him myself. You know what? He's sitting with his back to the door. Now, you listen. Just listen. How come if you was there, you didn't plug him yourself? Yeah, it ain't no use, Johnny. He don't understand. All right. No, no, wait a minute. I'm, I'm not just. Uh, I'm just it. asking. That's all. Now, just tell me how come. Because Calamity Jane and Colorado Charlie is with him. If they saw me, they'd know something was wrong. But not you, Jack. They wouldn't figure you drawing on Hickok. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That's all I wanted to know was why. All right. What do you say, Jack? Sure. Why not? <laughs> sure. Give him a gun, Johnny. And don't you miss, boy. You hear? <laughs> Son of a gun if he isn't. I had you pegged for no more than two pairs. Yeah, Kendall ain't the best player I've seen, but he's sure a lucky one. I'll deal him out, Calamity. All right. New fellow once in Hayes City drew two cards to a royal. Luckiest thing I've ever seen. That's a loco thing for a man to do. Sure was. He took one look at his hand and keeled over plumb dead. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know? No, I had a hand something like that. I won a Chinese girl with it a few weeks ago in Deer Lodge. Chinese? I did. No kidding. Sure. What did you do with her? Well, I gave her to a man I knew. He married her. Open for a dollar. Ah, uh, wait, 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 wait. Yes, I'm staying. Uh, stay. Mm, me too. I ain't proud. There. Cards? Uh, three. Kendall? Two, please. Mm, give me one. Now, here's a man's gonna drop dead if he pulls it right. <laughs> How's about you, Charlie? Uh, two. Dealer takes three. Mm, honest woman. That's one thing I ain't or never hope to be. <laughs> Your bet, Wild Bill. Well, I'll tell you, friends, I'm going to make this rough on you. Two bucks. Mm. All right. I call. Not me. And I ain't dropping dead, either. Well, <laughs> no, I'll see you. I'm a sucker. All right. What do you got, Wild Bill? Prettiest two pair you ever seen. Aces and eights. Wild Bill Hickok slumped forward on the table. He still had the winning smile on his face and the cards crumpled in his tightening fist. It was Calamity Jane who found Jack McCall. 
He was hiding in a butcher shop nearby. Colorado Charlie and I dragged him away before she had a chance to use the meat cleaver she was holding. We found six cartridges in McCall's gun. The only one to fire was the first, the one that killed Hickok. The other five were defective. Before I left Deadwood, McCall was tried for murder. But Brady and Barnes must have chosen the jury themselves. Because the final verdict was not guilty. Frontier Gentlemen was written, produced, and directed by Anthony Ellis and stars John Daner as J.B. Kendall. Featured in the cast were John McIntyre, Jeanette Nolan, Jack Moyles, Larry Dobkin, Stacey Harris, and Vic Perrin. Music was composed and conducted by Amerigo Moreno. again next week for another report from the Frontier Gentlemen. James Matthews speaking. This is the CBS Radio Network. After extensive research, we believe that Frontier Gentleman has, among many other accomplishments, the glory of being the only radio show to begin with the word herewith. The premise of Frontier Gentleman is of an English newspaper reporter and former British soldier working for the London Times, and he reports on his experiences in the old American West. The show began and ended in 1958, which is very late in the era of old-time radio. John Denner, played well-known for playing the role of Paladin in the popular Have Gun, Will Travel show, played the role of J.P. Kendall, the frontier gentleman. The supporting cast included such radio professionals as John McIntyre, Jeanette Nolan, Lawrence Dobkin, and others. The show was created by Anthony Ellis, who had written and worked on the shows Gunsmoke, Escape, and others. The storylines tried to show a variety of aspects of the West. There was tragedy, brutality, humor, drifters, historical figures, slavery, murder, and, of course, crusty old prospectors. Any story that would interest a newspaper reporter is fail, fair game. As in this episode, Wild Bill, Wild Bill Hickok was shot playing poker, which is a real event, and none other than the Frontier Gentleman was one of the people playing poker with him. Frontier Gentleman is considered one of the best of the old-time radio programs, right up there with Gunsmoke. The show used experienced actors, writers, and production crew from some of the best shows in the past to produce a truly fine work. Unfortunately for the show, the era of old-time radio was passing away, just like the Old West. Sorry, I just couldn't resist the sappy comparison. And now, kids, it's time for a Comic Web Radio Secret Society code. 14, 28, 19, 19, 13. Just enter this code at www.comicweb.com slash secretsociety.htm. Deciphering the code will give you all the benefits of membership in the Comic Web Radio Secret Society. Benefits include more free episodes, fun facts, a certificate of membership, and you get 15% off any order from the Comic Web. Just use the word on checkout where we ask for a coupon code. The code again is 141819 if you have any comments on how to improve our podcast, please send an email to us or fill out the survey on our website. Our email is editor at comicweb.com, and we would appreciate anyone leaving reviews for the podcast on iTunes or anywhere else. 
Thanks and have a great week.